right, another week of college football went through the books. Uh, week four, a lot of surprising results. Um, later, I'm joined by Nathan to talk about the Canes along with Alec here. But today, I just have Alec. Trent's out of town. Uh, so we got Alec here today. And uh, what's up, man? Um, now everything's good, you know, hoping to fill some big shoes with the absence of Trent this week, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to do my best to you guys, but thank you for uh, chiming in if you're listening. Yeah, sounds good, dude. Uh, let's get right into it, dude. Uh, there was a lot of uh, exciting games this last week and some big surprises. Um, let's start with, uh, there was a lot of good games, but let's start with my opinion, the game of the week, that was Clemson at Wake Forest. Uh, Wake Forest played very, very well. Um Played at home, obviously. Sam Hartman played the best game of his career. Six touchdown passes, no picks, 340 yards. And, uh, look, I've been very critical of DJ, but he played very well, too. Five touchdowns, 370 yards as well. Um, this is this really came down to at the ball last. I know I went to overtime, but uh, Wake Forest, man, made some noise. What was your t- take on that game? Um, I, w- I wasn't surprised. I think when we talked about it last week, I was yeah. really um... – torn and you know rightfully so this thing went to double overtime but um it was interesting you know Clemson came out really slow after the second uh, once the second half started and they kind of let the game slip away uh another thing that I mentioned last week was you got a a lot of teams I think in the ACC Atlantic that are going to be competing with each other just like this game uh, and there's going to be, you know, maybe the division eats themselves alive. Who knows? But uh, Wake's a very good team um, offensively. Yeah. And uh, I think both teams have some questions defensively in this game. But, yeah, I mean, you got to give props to both sides. I know that Wake played Clemson last year and they got smacked up. So they come back and, and to go to double OT at home, um, it's a good look. But – you know, I guess they're not, you know, where they want to be um, because they really needed to win this game, you know, to make that next step. And I think for Clemson, it's a great win, fighting it out late. And, um, you know, they're still top dog in the ACC, so. Yeah. Um, look, I think uh, Wake Forest is on the rise, man. Last year they did a good job. Um, this year they've made some noise. Uh, that was a very winnable game. Uh, just came down, as you said, defensively, Wake Forest isn't the best. Uh, but that was a game up for grabs, and uh, Clemson looks very beatable to the last couple of weeks, but uh, they're still alive. They're still undefeated. But, um, yeah, man, that was a that was a great game. That was a good call by us. Uh, we did predict it was going to be close. Yeah, and I just want to give credit where it's due. I mean, I think DJ played pretty well. He had a couple of slip-ups maybe yeah. uh, in a tough game, tough um, back and forth game but he put up some great numbers and let his team know win so yep this kind of was what i was talking about where if he kind of doesn't do that in this game and they lose then maybe you see club nick's name coming up but i don't think you're going to be seeing that until um things go sour i agree i think he put that to rest with this game that was a big game for him and he uh performed pretty well first half wasn't the best but second half he was virtually unstoppable so uh good for him man um, let's talk about uh, a game that surprised me, and I'm sure a lot of people didn't see this coming. Uh, this is even my sleeper team to make the college football playoff, but those dreams are probably on pause now. Uh, that's uh, the Sooners losing to the Kansas State Wildcats. 
Um, pretty surprising. Look, Dylan Gabriel had a great game again, four touchdowns, no picks, 330 yards. Uh, ironically, uh, this was, uh, Adrian Martinez, man, passing, he threw one touchdown, but he ran for five touchdowns, uh, this game, which was pretty surprising. Um, and they won 41 to 34. So what was your take on that game? And Oklahoma lost at home. So this was a straight up beating, man. Yeah, I think the the worst part about the loss is that I came at home. Um, and Kansas State is a team that competes every year. Uh, it definitely gives Oklahoma issues every year. So um, I'm not surprised now looking back on it, but I have to say I, I, I thought that Oklahoma was going to win this game. I was pretty confident. Um, so, yeah, it's a slip up to, uh, in, in – of what otherwise would be a great start for Brent Venables in his first uh, head coaching job. And we'll see how the team's able to respond to it. But yeah, I mean, defensively um, in the big 12 and, and I say the same thing about the pac 12, but definitely in the big 12, you know, it's, it's about, Having a strong offense, the defenses really aren't – they're not really known for their defenses, and it's usually sh- these shootout games. And the Oklahoma past um, with Lincoln Riley is a team that could put up 50 points every game and outscore an opponent. And, uh, you know, it looks like Oklahoma wasn't able to do it, even though they kind of fought along throughout the game. They just got down early, uh, and, and that seemed to be the difference. But Yeah. Their season's not over. They got a lot of big games. They'll play Baylor. They play TCU. Yeah. Uh, they'll play Texas. They so. still got yeah. They got some uh, room to make up for that loss. But losing at home to a team like that is a is a pretty big loss. Yeah, uh, I think Kansas State's actually pretty good. I mean, uh, well, it looks like they got the twenty five spot, which you know that that doesn't mean a whole lot. But uh, they they started strong and they looked great on the field. So. Um, you know, it maybe it won't end up being that bad of a loss later down the road. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's get to a game that I, quite frankly, that this team should have won. That was my upset pick of the week. Uh, that was Washington State at Oregon. Look, at at one point they were leading, and uh, Oregon just riled back with twenty nine points in the fourth quarter, with an incredible comeback, forty four forty one. Um. Look. I said you couldn't trust Bo Nix, but uh, look, he played pretty well, man. 430 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. And Cameron Ward, look, he didn't play his best game, but he didn't play bad either. He put him in position to win. He had a bonehead pick at the end. But uh, 375 yards, two uh, two touchdown passes. Uh, Washington State's a really good team, man, but Oregon came in there and uh, got a pretty impressive comeback, and now they're 3-1 and and ranked 13. So what was your take on that, Alec? So I think I picked Oregon in this game, um, but in my college pick I ended up going with Washington State because, I like you said all year, um, you know, they were playing really well, especially at home. I know they would, they would have a great home environment. And to me, I really thought that they were going to and they probably should have won this game. It yeah. came down to that pick six, which was really unfortunate. I was watching the game live. I was Bad cheering luck, for that. Yeah. And I thought that Ward played phenomenal. I mean, he has really throughout the year, you know, done what he's had to do to get his team in a winning position. And this one play uh, with a freak, freak play, um, you know, interception by the defensive lineman. Yeah, for all you guys at home, I encourage you to watch the the highlights of that game and that play. It's really a turning point in that game. 
Um, you know, I, I, I wish it didn't go that way because this Washington State team I really think is special, and I hope this doesn't break them down. But, man, you can't give up 30 points in the fourth quarter, uh, even though there was that quick turnaround with 14 points, including the pick six. But, yeah, you know, still, you, you, they had this game. They were a winning all game, and um, they kind of just let it slip through there at the end. And, yeah. you know, big props to Oregon. They've really responded since that Georgia game. Look, um, I agree. Look, I think Bo Nix has gotten a lot of criticism, and rightly so. But uh, I'll give credit when credit's due, man. He played a really good game. Uh, really surprised me. Um, showed glimpses of why he was recruited at Auburn to begin with. But uh, he fits his system pretty nicely. I know he had that one bad loss to Georgia, but who wouldn't? Georgia's an excellent program. But uh, overall, he's been playing pretty well, man. So I got him credit. But uh, word around the street is, man, Cameron Ward is definitely making some noise uh, in terms of NFL draft stock. He's rising up. Um, a lot of pro scouts were there. They really like what this guy has. So he's a gamer. Um, they still got a good schedule to go along the way. We'll see. But I think uh, two two lost season, maybe three lost seasons, really good for this Washington State team. So good for them. Um, I like them all year. I like the way they played. I'm a big fan of that quarterback. So uh, We'll see, but Oregon's three and one, and they both have a chance to make some noise later in the year. So, uh, very good game to watch. But yeah, you're right, man. Thirty points in the fourth quarter is kind of inexcusable, and they had an unfortunate pick six. Um, let's talk about another game that uh, you predicted was going to be an upset. Um, it was very, very close, but uh, Baylor prevailed over the Cyclones. Iowa State, uh, 30, 31 to twenty four. Um, thing in this game that I noticed is uh, Baylor trusted their quarterback more, uh, Blake Shapin. Uh, in the past couple of games, they didn't really trust him to throw that much, but he had three touchdown passes this game. And uh, Iowa State, you know, Hunter Deckers, he's solid, good quarterback, couple of picks, couple of touchdowns. But, um, yeah, this is a very close game until the end. And, uh, like I said, 31-24. So, Trent, what was your take on uh, – Trent, Alec, what was your take on this game, man? Uh, I was really impressed by Baylor. I had kind of written them off after uh, they lost to BYU, lost, huh? Yeah, earlier a couple weeks ago. And, um, you know, I, I expected that Iowa State was going to win this game at home. And, you know, they kind of came out um, right off the bat. The Baylor defense uh, really was giving them trouble, and they continued to throughout the game. So you got to give props to Aranda. You know, he's he's DC, former D.C., and, um, you know, he was able to have his team ready. And, um, you know, they forced a couple of turnovers. I think that pretty much ended up making the difference. Yeah. And uh, Iowa State, it just seemed like, even though the score is a little closer, um, it seemed like Baylor kind of had this game locked up um, throughout most of it. And um, I think Iowa State's going to have a lot of big games coming up later. Like I said, this Big 12, you know, they're definitely going to eat themselves alive as well. So, um, you know, we'll see how they respond. But Baylor, I think, really is a good team. And, and I think that they can win out still and still make a run for that play. Yeah, absolutely uh, can win out. Uh, I mean, Arana's a really good coach, as you put said, since the beginning of the – since we've been doing this. So they got a chance, man, for sure. Um, any last words on that game? I'm interested to see how Baylor uh, performs in the coming weeks to play Oklahoma State this yep. week. 
then West Virginia, and then they got a light, light. Oh, and then they have to play Kansas, who hasn't lost yet. So this is going to be interesting. Yeah, we're the. I mean, we're going to see the makeup of this team pretty soon. But uh, they gave themselves a chance. It's a good one for them. Iowa State has another good, great crowd, and obviously Matt Campbell is one of the hottest coaches in college football right now. He's going to go to a pretty big program soon, so we'll see what happens. Um, let's get to a game that uh, I think we all predicted, or mostly all of us predicted, that uh, the Razorbacks are going to come out and win this game. I know it was a neutral site. I mean, it was in the Cowboy Stadium, Jerry World. But uh, quite frankly, Arkansas should have won this game. It came down to the kicker, and he missed basically a gimme kick. Um KJ Jefferson didn't have his best game, but two touchdowns, no turnovers. Um, you know, Max Johnson, look, he's not the the best quarterback in the world, but he got the job done. Didn't turn the ball over, one touchdown, 150 yards. But Alec, I, I know you were watching this game, man. And quite frankly, Arkansas just played very well, great game plan, and came down to their kicker and straight up missed it. And AM comes out there and escapes, really, uh, which could have been a bad season for Jimbo uh, gives himself a hope and still alive. So what was your take on that? Well, I don't know what the heck's going on with AM offensively, but I think that AM came out and they did win this game um, based off their defensive performance. And um, they got down early and Jimbo is Mr. Is the king of adjustments, man. I've seen it time and time again, uh, making adjustments and, and, being able to stop whatever's coming at them and then responding. And they, they had a great turnaround and they were able to take control of this game. So, um, you know, as far as Arizona goes, I really thought that this game was going to be a battle of the coaches. And I was really inclined to pick A&M um, because I just thought that Jimbo had that experience in a, in a big game and, and would come out on top. But I just thought they were looking so sloppy that I, I couldn't go with them. So I picked Arkansas, but I really think this one just came down to, uh, you know, coaching and making adjustments and, and Jimbo, you know, still uh, has the edge there on Pittman. Yeah. Um, like I said, uh, you're right, man. That's a really big question to ask offensively. Who knows what's going on? It's, Kind of shocking, to be honest. But, uh, look, the, the defense has shown out. They've been playing very well, and they obviously played great again in this game. Uh, but like I said, it came down to the kicker for Arkansas and straight up missed it. And, uh, you know, A&M escapes with a win. Uh, the 3-1, and and their season is still very much alive. They have some big opponents later on in the season. I believe they play Bama in two weeks or so. So uh, that's going to be a big game for them. They win that. They're right back in it. So we'll see what happens with them. But uh, it's got to be a tough loss for Arkansas, man. That was uh, that was a game that was theirs. Um, let's get to uh, your school now that you're going to currently, uh, your Gators against the Volunteers, Tennessee. Um, I predicted this team – I predicted the Gators to go in there and win. Um, look, Anthony Richardson had almost uh, 500 yards, 453 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Hendon Hooker played really well as himself, two touchdowns, 350 yards. Um yeah, this is a great game, man. First quarter was pretty slow. Um, I think it was a little bit of nerves, to be honest. Big environment for both teams. But uh, after that, the scoring just kept going and going. 38-33, uh, to 33, obviously, Tennessee won at home. Uh, Tennessee finally gets a win over the Gators after so many years. Um, look, man, Alec, Tennessee is a, is a real team now, man. They're 4-0. They're ranked number eight. Uh, they still got some opponents to play. Uh, they're making some noise. What's your take on uh, Tennessee in this game? I think that they finally have what they're looking for, and, and, and at the very least, a decent head coach. Uh, 
really haven't had uh, strong coaches in the past to be able to go win these games. Um, and, you know, considering that they have a stadium that holds 100,000 plus, you know, this, these are games that they should be winning when they're playing at home and they, and they do have the team uh, talent-wise to compete. It seems like they're finally doing that. Their offense is really, um, really lethal, and I think that Hendon Hooker is going to uh, give every team that they play a lot of issues. He seemed to clean, seemed to have cleaned up his act uh, as far as you know, kind of like what Anthony Richardson looks like now, where Hooker, you know, he's able to get the ball, throw the ball, uh, you know, distances, but he was always a little sloppy and was prone to interceptions. He's really seemed to clean it up and. Um, you know, they were able to to get a nice cushion in the at, towards the end of the third quarter where they kind of extended their lead. And Florida made a run there at the end. They kind of scored a touchdown and with less than a minute left, and then they got an onside kick. So, you know, valiant effort by the Gators. Um, you know, I think it's good for Napier that, that he had his team, you know, there and they fought back in a game that they were down. And a game that I thought that they probably – should have lost um but he really they really fought so florida um you know they're gonna have a cupcake game this weekend on sunday and you know they may be able to turn it around but yeah tennessee definitely uh they're gonna be a great team the only thing is i don't think they'll be georgia so that really means that they you know won't be able to compete in the playoffs so yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't think anyone can beat Georgia at this point. They're really good. So, uh, But I do think if it's a very close game and they lose, they have a shot. So we'll see what happens. But um, let's get to a game that was very surprising. It's Ironically, I said last week uh, that Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley were uh, one of the best duos in college football offensively, and uh, they basically threw up a dud. They, they escaped, and they're lucky to escape. Oregon State uh, at home, they, they won by a field goal, 17-14. Oregon State's a good program, man, but uh, offensively was pretty bad. And ironically, the defense showed up for USC. So uh, what would you think of that game? I actually didn't get to watch it. So I don't know what the heck happened. Yeah, so um, Caleb Williams was 0 for his first seven passes, wasn't feeling at all, uh, took a couple shots down the field. Um, yeah, it was it was a bad start. Uh, at one point, Oregon State was was, was leading at halftime. Then they didn't score anything in the third quarter. It was a scoreless third quarter. And then USC had back-to-back drives of touchdowns. Um, yeah, and then there was a fumble late that gave Oregon State a chance. But uh, and they scored a touchdown late, uh, made it 17-14, and then they just couldn't get the ball back. But, yeah, there was a, a first and third quarter. They didn't score, man. Uh, USC didn't score at all. So I don't know what that happens. I mean, look, every team has a game where, you know, they're not feeling it. But it's just funny. Ironically, this defense showed up. Um, and, uh, they don't really have that many names on defense, but look, they escaped their four and oh, they're still ranked six, but, uh, that's all I can really say on the Oregon on, on that game, but Oregon state played really hard. Uh, they're better than what people tend to believe they are. They're three and one. Um, I do believe at some point they can be ranked, uh, Oregon state has some players, man. Um, but yeah, that was very, very, uh, um, uh, weird to see by USC. Yeah, I think, um, like you said, that it, it really just was one of those games um, where your team comes out cold and you just really hope to win. Uh, I think it's 
you know, kind of similar to like Miami with Middle Tennessee, where, you know, they came out cold, but the difference was uh, they, they didn't seem to figure anything out as the game went on and things just kept getting worse. Uh, with USC, they were able to just maintain uh, that score, even going down early. And I didn't see what happened there with the fumble. Um, I saw that they were down at halftime, and I think I went to bed, and I was like, okay, well, this is crazy, but, you know, they'll probably win by 30. So I don't know. Um, but Oregon State, they beat Boise State, I remember, in, in yep. um, week one. That was a game that I, I didn't see coming, and looks like they, uh, you know, competed. And I think against Fresno State, I'm looking now, they beat them. So, yeah, they're a good team. Um, they'll probably knock off some teams in the Pac-12 this yeah. year. Uh, I mean, you definitely got to respect them. That's for sure. Yeah, but USC, I, I, I'm not counting them out by any means. But yeah, of course not. I mean, dude, like I said, they they're still lethal offensively. Uh, they can turn it on anytime they want. It was just one of those games. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, let's talk about your alma mater, dude. Uh, for the first time in a while, FSU is finally ranked. They're off to a great start, four and zero. Uh, they beat uh, Boston College convincingly, convincingly. And, um, yeah, man, 44 to 14, um, Jordan Travis came back in the game. That was nice to see. I didn't think he was going to play for a couple of weeks after he left Louisville and played pretty well, man, three over, uh, 300 yards, uh, touchdown passed and look, uh, Florida state's Florida state. Um, uh, we're going to talk about it in a second, but they got a real test coming up now. Like, uh, their next three opponents are ranked, but, uh, you're four and oh, you're in the top 25. How do you feel about that, man? Man, I'm, I couldn't have uh, asked for anything better. And um, I think after that Louisville win, you know, where we, we really hadn't been able to come out with a big win uh, in a while to come out. And everyone kind of thought that FSU was going to win this game. We were pretty heavy favorites. And to come out and, you know, cover that and just really explode right off the bat. You know, we took off the game opening kickoff for a touchdown, which is something that we haven't done since we were, since we were in the national championship game in 2014. Um, so the crowd was sold out. The team was firing, the offense was firing at all cylinders and uh, the defense without um, Jared verse looked phenomenal Phil Jerkovic is the quarterback at Boston College, and he's, uh, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the ACC. He gave us a lot of problems last year, and they had this receiver, Zay Flowers, who was a killer for us last year. We really just shut everything down um, in, a, in a convincing manner, man. I think that our defense is really uh, going to be an issue, and on the offensive side, our receiving core ranks among the best in the country right now. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we've, we've been able to beat – we beat an SEC team with LSU, and then we've kind of won some games against the lower tier in the ACC. So, you know, you can't say that you, we're going to be able to really compete until we get through these next three games. Yeah. And um, um, I'm just reserving judgment, but I'm just so happy to see us winning uh, by that much. Yeah. And look, this is a great start considering how you guys played last year. Um, I think I'm speaking for a lot of uh, FSU fans. Um, what a, what a start. Um, we're going to see though, man, the next three games are about as tough as you can get. Uh, look, the good news is you play three great ranked opponents, but two of them are at home. 
Uh, you played Wake Forest, obviously, this week. Sam Hartman had one of the best games of his career. But uh, as I said, Florida State's at home, and then you're going to go to NC State. Um, but then you play Clemson at home, and I'm going to give you guys a shot, man. I I, uh, I think you have a decent shot. Look, um, I'm happy that Jordan Travis came back. I was a little skeptical if he was going to come back in a couple of weeks because that injury looked bad at Louisville. But, uh, yeah, they played good. We're going to talk about Wake Forest and Florida State in a second. But, um, yeah, man, uh, good start for you guys, and uh, we're going to see what, what this team's really about in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Um, I, I was worried with the Travis injury as well, and I wasn't sure if he should have played, but he looked just fine, had a leg brace on, but he came out and he had a, a career best in passing. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just everything seems to be working out right now. Yeah, that's a good point, man. Let's talk about the last game before we get into our picks here and talk about the future matchups. Um, and look, um, they're still undefeated. They, they won pretty convincingly, uh, Penn state is four and oh, they beat central Michigan. Um, look, man, James Franklin's four and oh, they're, they're ranked 11, uh, quick thoughts on them before, uh, yeah. What's your take? I'm not, um, you know, I'm not bought in just yet. Thought they had a good win against Auburn, but Auburn is a struggling team. And otherwise, they haven't really gone up against tough opponents. They struggled against Purdue the beginning of the year. And I've known James Franklin to kind of blow things when, when things are going <laughs> good. I don't think that they're going to um, <clears throat> compete against Michigan when they play them. Yeah, they um, have uh, three ranked opponents coming up in the next four weeks. Michigan, yeah. Minnesota, and Ohio State all ranked. So That's going to be a real tough stretch. I think Minnesota is going to be uh, a tough team to beat. With They're good, man. The Golden Gulf, look them. at their, you know, um, Joel Klatt was saying the other day, very, uh, uh, he's very good at Fox. I respect his opinion a lot. Uh, he thinks they have a chance to make it to the top four because the way their schedule sets out to be. Um, yeah, man, Minnesota's a really, really good team this year. Uh, don't sleep on the Golden Gophers. They have a chance to make some noise. Yeah, they're on the weak side of the Big Ten where they don't have as tough as a schedule. Um and you're right, they could make a run. I think their coach, P.J. Fleck, is one of the better young coaches in uh, college football. Yeah. And they're dominating. They have in the last couple – over the last three years or so, they've, they've really been a dominant mm -hmm. team. So um, I think that they're – yeah, they're, they definitely got a shot um, if they could win the Big Ten somehow. But – um, the Big Ten is going to be interesting. I don't think that at the end we're going to be talking about Penn State. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, look, they had some cupcake games. Uh, we're going to find out in the next couple of weeks the, if they're the real deal or not. But uh, like you said earlier, man, on earlier podcast, James Franklin finds a way to always screw it up when it counts the most. So we'll see what happens. Um, Saquon Barkley is not there to save him now. So uh, yeah, we'll see, man. Um. All right, let's get into uh, week five of the college football slate of games. Uh, we're going to talk about it for a bit and give our pick, guys. Um, let's start with, uh, yeah, the game of the week, man. Your uh, Florida State Seminoles at Wake Forest. This game's at home, like I said. Um, look, man, Sam Hartman is 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 really, really good. Uh, he's one of the better college quarterbacks. Um, I'm very happy that they got him back because I know there was a point where uh, he had some health concerns, but uh, he's back and he, they look very, very good. Um FSU looks great, man. They're 4-0 to start. Um, honestly, man, I'm going to let you take the floor. I'll, I'm going to decide in a second what I'm going to pick. But uh, what, are your, what are your expectations for this game? 
So Wake Forest to Florida State has kind of been like um, the Bills were to the Dolphins over the last couple of years where they're just killing us offensively and we didn't really have anything to fight back with. Uh, this year's a different year. I really believe that. And um, I, w I think I would have picked Florida State going into this game just, you know, as a fan. Um, but I I think that, uh, you know, uh, the biggest game we've had at home in, in a long time, and we're recording this now on Wednesday. So I'm hoping that uh, this storm keeps moving east and, you know, there's been a lot of talks from the Wake Forest um, head coach and athletic director that they're concerned about the weather and they don't want to travel uh, if, you know, you know, they don't want to put anyone in danger. You know, the storm is nowhere near Tallahassee. Not even the outer bands are going to be hitting Tallahassee. So um, I'm, I'm a little concerned right now that they haven't really made a decision. As of now, the game is on, but um, – I'm hoping that they stick it out because I know for a fact that all the students stayed in Tallahassee. They got off of school all week uh, for this hurricane and they've been staying there and getting riled up for this game. So I know that the fans are going to show out and, um, you know, Jordan Travis is playing the best football we've seen him play. He's really a player that shows up in big games. He's proven yeah. it time and time again. We have a pretty lethal running uh, attack that really wasn't there last week. Um, we ended up passing the ball a little bit more. But I think we got some great backs. And can we go toe-for-toe toe with uh, their offense? I think we can. Uh, I just think that our defense may, be, may present a tougher challenge than even Clemson's defense did last week. Um, and – uh, I think it'll be the toughest defense Wake Forest has faced this year. So I like the Knolls at home, uh, but it'll be close and it could go either way. Yeah. The spread opened up, I think, at four and a half points for FSU. It's now moved up to six and a half, um, some places seven. So I don't know. Um, you know, you wouldn't have seen those numbers a couple of weeks ago, but I think Wake Forest. You know, might be a little hungover. They wasted all their emotions in this game against Clemson last week going to double overtime. So it's yeah. hard to get it back and ready for another big game uh, in an away environment. Um, so I, I do like the Knowles. All right. Um, good points, man. Look, you're right about the storm. Obviously, um, that's a big thing. Uh, I don't know where, where would they go if that game this is just flat out canceled or what? I think that's an option. Uh, they can't really go to Winston-Salem because I think that eventually the storm's heading up there and it's going to be hard to yeah. travel um, at this late notice. But I don't think that they would move the game. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't see any reason to. The only thing is if Wake Forest hasn't left yet and they're going to have to fly around the storm, but I think that they'll be able to at this point. Looking at it now, they predict that this game will be played. So all all, all the circumstances aside, if they do play, um, I do think this is going to be very close. Um, look, I know FSU is home. Like I said, they also have one of the better home environments. The, always, the fans always show out. Um, oh, this is so tough, man. This is really up in the air for me. But based off what I saw last week, Sam Hartman going up against Clemson, putting up 56 points, uh, I'm 
Going to go Wake Forest, but in a very close game. I uh, would not be surprised if FSU pulls this out, but uh, Hartman looks really good, man. The offense looks really good. Um, I'm curious to see if FSU's defense can and can really show out in, in, in a really big game. We'll see. But this is at home, so that is a good advantage. I do think this is going to be a field goal game or less, but I do think uh, Wake Forest is going to pull one more drive out the end and uh, get the win here. Yeah, I think it will be close. And, um, you know, Wake is a great team. It, I really envision it, um, you know, starting out with Wake Forest getting ahead, you know, and, and maybe getting the crowd a little quiet. I think that they're going to try to come out and do that and get a ball downfield on their first drive. So we just have to be ready for that. But, yeah. um, you know, it's all about how we respond. And this team, this Florida State team this year has been able to respond. They have a lot more confidence uh, in their ability to do so because they've proven it. They've come back from behind uh, in a couple of games this year. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll be there when we need to respond. And uh, we just have to make the right adjustments if we're in that situation. But it, it'll it be a big game for both programs um, just to kind of see, just to define how their season's going to end up. Yeah. Uh, well said, man. Um, let's get to a game um, that really, really intrigues me. Uh, Alabama at Arkansas. Look, I'm not saying anything's going to happen, but uh, this game I think is going to be a touchdown or less. Um, I think Arkansas has slept on. I think they're a tremendous program. Arkansas at home is really hard to beat. Look, we saw what happened when they went to Texas, their first real test. If Quinn Ewers is is in that game, Alabama's losing. I don't think Alabama's as good as people make them seem to be. They're obviously a top program, but uh, they've shown that they are beatable. And Arkansas at home is a tough environment. I do think Alabama's going to pull late. Look, Bryce Young is Bryce Young is really good. Nick Saban's still a really good in-game adjuster, man. Um, but don't sleep on Arkansas, man. I would not be surprised at all. This is seven or less. Well, what's your take? Yeah, I think them being at home um, is, a, is a lot different. Um, last year, they went into Tuscaloosa and really took a shot at Alabama. They lost down the stretch. Bryce Young had his best passing performance of his career, I think, of the whole year at that point. Um, he threw for like 500 60 yards and five touchdowns so um you know defensively uh, are they going to be able to contain that I don't know um but I like Sam Pittman and and I think that they will come out and compete I'm not sure what the spread looks like this week but um I I, as long as it's not double digits you know I think Alabama should cover uh, I think they're going to come out and win. You know, this is a team that's going to be undefeated, or maybe they'll have one loss. Um, and if it comes to Arkansas, so be it. But I, I just don't see, you know, Saban losing this game. Um, so I, I'm going to go with Alabama here. It's a, it's a good pick, man. I, I'm with you. Um, look, man, like, like we said earlier, look, Arkansas is a good program, man. I just wouldn't sleep on them. I want to find the spread. I'll get that for you guys later on the pod. But uh, let's get to the next game. Um, I hate to say this, man, but uh, UM against UNC. Uh, UM's at home for this game. Um, I honestly don't know what to make of UM right now uh, after that abysmal performance last week. And uh, UNC, man, um, they're a good program. Um, I know that uh, that that coach that coach is on the outside looking in. We'll see, 
But um, look, they lost another game at home last week. Uh, they are beatable. Um, I think Mario Cristobal is going to put a fire in their ass, and I think they're going to come out at home and play well, and I think they're going to pull out the win by uh by you know a touchdown or less. I don't think they're going to blow them away or anything. But UNC is a good program. Wouldn't sleep on them. Um, I just flat out think that um, UM is going to win, but I would not be surprised that if Tyler Van Dyke has another slow start and we see at halftime Jake Garcia come in because he's been playing very well. So, um, yeah, I'm giving Miami over UNC. Yeah, this is interesting. You know, to all the Miami fans that are listening, I, I really uh, mean no offense when I say this, but I think the fan base as a whole really needs to work on, um, you know, expectation, setting expectations, um, you know, for the future. And then when you don't meet an expectation, you know, if you don't set it so damn high, then it won't be as crushing. This <laughs> loss is this the loss last week is gonna hurt, you know, regardless of um, you know, what their expectation is because middle Tennessee. And I told you guys last week, you know, FSU alum, you know, FSU fares well in in uh Miami. So uh that's just a side note, but it's interesting. So in the past, uh, every, pretty much every coach that I can remember losing a game like this, there's a terrible reaction from the fans, and that kind of leaks into the locker room where players start getting sour, they start to get personal and think about themselves instead of the team. This is really a big test for um, Mario um, because this is his chance to kind of break that uh, continuous wheel of high expectations and the terrible, terrible lows, the lowest of lows after uh, bad losses. Um, and then being unable to respond because you lose the locker room because they lose face in the coaching staff and things can get really ugly. So um, fortunately for Miami, they're playing a team which, I mean, man, based off of what I saw from Middle Tennessee last week and what I saw from North Carolina last week, I think that, you know, North Carolina may be a worse team right now. Uh, you know, maybe their name doesn't suggest it, but they're very, Miami's very fortunate to be playing a North Carolina team that's done nothing this year. They got a coach who's, you know, probably on the uh, way out, yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely on the way out. But he, man, he's he's really pushing daisies or whatever the hell you want to call it <laughs> with his age. So, um, Miami in the last five years has had some real problems with North Carolina. Mac Brown has basically owned he owned Manny Diaz. Um, they they lost to North Carolina every year, and you know Mac Brown, you know made still feel that way going into this game so we'll see how they look but yeah i'm not gonna pick miami to lose um but if if you're a canes fan and you're listening to this you better buy a ticket and get your ass to that stadium because <laughs> it's really embarrassing um you know and they say they, they blame this the stadium oh we don't have the stadium on our campus it's like Look, man, the Dolphins sell that stadium out. People travel from all over the yeah, county. Wherever the world is, yeah. And there's there's just as many Kings fans in Miami, so I don't want to hear it. It's a real problem. Um, you know, they said they sold half the 50% of their tickets. I really don't believe it, you know. Uh, yeah. It didn't look like it to me. So, yeah, well said, I, man. I'm uh, for ranting, but um, 
Yeah, get those so fans, really get those fans out there in the stadium, put them in the seats. But yeah, um, we both got the Canes in this one. Uh, do you think it's gonna be a close game? I do. Yeah, I do, here. and I think that um, maybe Miami will start off hot, and things will get sloppy, and it'll just come down to whether they can hold off. Um, but I just think the North Carolina is pretty bad, man. So yeah, I don't um, think I don't think they'll win. Interesting for sure, man. Um, yeah, we're just gonna have to see what happened. Hopefully, uh, the fans show out. But um, yeah, man, I, I want to see a lot of things, but uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Let's get to the next game on the slate here. Um, something of an interesting game. Look, I was talking very highly of them earlier. Minnesota at Purdue. Um, I do think this is going to be a closer game than people realize. Purdue's not awful. They're pretty solid. Uh, but I've been speaking highly of Minnesota. Look, you said earlier on the podcast that, uh, look, their coach is, is one of the better younger coaches in coming. Uh, the way their schedule play, plays out, man, I'm telling you, don't sleep on Minnesota. Um, I'm taking Minnesota. But and I think this is a really good team, a good program, off to a great start, obviously. But uh, this will be a closer game than people realize. What about you? Yeah, Purdue, man. I, you know, we we see it all the time. Uh, they call them the spoiler makers because they're always <laughs> yeah. ruining people's seasons, specifically <laughs> Ohio State. Uh, if you're an Ohio State fan, yeah, that's you very know true. What I'm talking about. Um, you know, I think that Minnesota is is a better team than Penn State. And um, they've looked really strong. I think that uh, they have a great home environment and up there in the Midwest. And you know, I, I'm I'm all I'm all aboard the boat, row the boat. I'm all in. Um, you know, I, I like Minnesota to win this game, and I think they'll win convincingly. Um, yeah, they're they're a legitimate team, in my opinion. All right, um, let's get to. Uh probably my only upset pick of the week. Um, I really like their program. I like the mullet, man. Um, I'm going to take Oklahoma state over Baylor and I know Baylor's at home. Um, I just don't trust their quarterback in big games. Um, I know Arano's a really good coach, but and Baylor has a really good home atmosphere. Uh, they're obviously a really good team, but Oklahoma state, man, they, they just always find a way to score the ball. They're always good every year. Uh, I think Van Gunny's a really good coach, uh, as well. Um, yeah, I'm taking Oklahoma. It's the spreads minus two for Baylor, but I just think, uh, Oklahoma state's going to come out and play and play well. Cause sometimes Baylor struggles to score, man. Um, and, uh, they just don't trust their quarterback and that's a problem for me. So I'm taking Oklahoma state. This is a great game. And it seems to be turning into a rivalry. Uh, they played twice last year yeah, and, uh, they, they were the top two dogs in the big 12. Um, and it's looking like they're going to continue to be, so it's interesting. I'm glad that they're playing early because I think they still have a shot of a rematch at the end of the year, like they yeah. did last year. Um, you know, for me, it's just like I, I feel inclined to go with the home team. I think that that'll make a big difference. Uh, all these Big Twelve teams, they got some pretty big stadiums and and great fan bases. And um, Baylor's got a nice stadium, and it's huge. Yeah, and I think that this this is going to be a shootout, and it's probably going to go to the home team. So it's a shame. It's hard for me to pick against the mullet, um, and <laughs> I think it could go either way. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about an Oki State win uh, next week. But I'm going to pick Baylor. I think they had a great win last week, and you know, Aranda's got his team dialed in. They know that they got tough games throughout the season, and you know, it's a weekly process. I think that their process is good, and 
they're going to come out and, um, you know, fight it out at home. I think the home crowd will be the difference. Yeah. Um, let's get to uh, another great matchup. We got some good matchups this week, man. Uh, Kentucky, number seven, Kentucky stoops at uh, the lane train, Ole Miss. Um, man, dude, this is Ole Miss's first real test. Um, it is at home. Uh, I know Kentucky's really good, but um, look, man, Link Kiffin is – I, I just don't think he trusts his quarterback either. I mean, he was so late to choose who he was going to choose. Um, I still don't think he has confidence in this guy. I just think Kentucky's a really good team after what I saw the last couple of weeks. Uh, their QB's a stud. Their defense is legit. Um, I know this game's on the road for them, but uh, give me Kentucky, man. Yeah. I, um, you know, we've talked about Mark Stoops a lot this year. Yeah, he He's um, – a defensive mind. And I think where he has issues is going against teams with uh, offensive schemes that have a lot of uh, firepower. I know that, yeah, like you said, Ole Miss has been having issues with the quarterback. Um, but, you know, being at home in the SEC is a big factor. And I just like – I think that the offensive mind of Lane Kiffin – you know this lane train ideology is 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 more potent than this um, really conservative approach to football that Mark Stoops plays, and similar to um, it's a similar game plan to Mario Cristobal where you know it's kind of like a you want to have a strong defense, you want to run the clock and extend the field as long as you can, eat the clock, you know, win the possession of the game and. and that only works if you're ahead of the game, if you're winning um, and you can hold that lead off. If you get behind, it's really hard to come back in that system. I think that's what you're going to see uh, this week. And, um, you know, I don't know if Ole Miss is going to be the team, but I just have a feeling that the lane train is going to be uh, full steam ahead this yeah, week. Yeah, they're actually uh, favored by seven, uh, Ole Miss. So, uh, oh, really? wow. if, if, that's, that's big. If I'm a better man, I'm uh, slamming uh, the under on that one. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I just – look, I, I'm going to give Kentucky the benefit of the doubt, and I'm just – after what I've seen the last couple of weeks, I'm going to choose Kentucky. But um, Ole Miss is a tough environment to play. That's another good home atmosphere, man. Atmosphere, man. So uh, we'll see. Um, let's get to the next game. Uh, Oklahoma at TCU. Uh, Oklahoma is favored by six and a half. But uh, this will not be an easy test. I know I've chose Oklahoma to make my playoff. I do think they're going to bounce back. Um, Brent Venable's defense always shows up most of the time. Um, I do like their quarterback. I like their offense. Look, they have the best receiver in college football, as Trent noted, the last couple of weeks. Um, I think they're going to come back and bounce back and, uh, and win, uh, win by 14 or so. I, I actually think uh, this – I think Oklahoma is going to play pretty well. And uh, so I'm giving them a win. And I, I almost just blurted out not so fast. Yeah. <laughs> because I really like this TCU team. TCU, don't, don't sleep. I, I I agree, man. You're right about that one as well. The, the, with uh, Sonny Dykes, he was coaching SMU last year, and I guess he left on some sloppy terms, my understanding. They came out, and they won a big game at SMU this weekend. Uh, this team is looking like they were about 10 years ago. <clears throat> Uh, when they had uh, what's his name Gary Patterson coaching um, and I think that I, I I'm not gonna pick TCU I think it's gonna be a barn burner 
and um, it's it's really gonna be a field goal kind of game. Yeah, uh, just something tells me that Oklahoma is just gonna be able to scrap it out and and continue their season on, but I don't know what the spread is. Um, but I I think that TCU has a really legitimate shot at winning this game, so it's gonna come down to the wire. I'm gonna pick Oklahoma. Um, but we'll see what happens. All right. Um. Yeah. I mean, we'll see, man. TCU is not a team you want to sleep on. That's for sure. Uh, let's get to the game of the week. Uh, the primetime game, uh, NC State at Clemson. Uh, the spread is minus six and a half for Clemson. I will say this: if this game was on the road for Clemson, I think there's a real chance they lose this game. But um, look, Trent noted earlier, and I and I've witnessed it, man. Sometimes NC State has these collapses of just not being able to score for a certain amount of time. Um, I do think at home, I think after the game that DJ had last week, I think it's hard to choose against them. But if this game was on the road, I would say there's a real chance NC State could win. Um, but uh, yeah, give me Clemson. And I, I think it, they're going to, I think they're going to win by double digits. Yeah. I think this is a revenge game. And I think that Clemson's kind of on a revenge tour after last year, they had a really off year. Uh, they lost a couple of games early and, you know, they were just counted out from the beginning uh, as far as ACC contention. So I think that they're out for blood after losing NC State last week away or last year away. Um, you know, coming back home, I've been I've been to Death Valley, man. It's it's a very uh, intimidating environment and uh, you're going to be hard of hearing in there. I don't think that I've seen the NC State, um, you know, excitement like I did last year with their team and I know they're 4-0 I know they're ranked number 10 I think that's inflated um, just based off of what I've seen and they really haven't had this big opponent yet um, I like Clemson to win and probably pretty convincingly yeah. the Knowles play uh, I believe at NC State next week so that's going to be another uh, probably prime time game and um, I'm just hoping for Clemson to come out here and just beat them up like they did the Wake Forest last week, come in and win the game, and then hopefully they're hungover for the FSU game following. Um, yeah. but I like Clemson here. All right, uh, we both agree on that one. Let's get to a game with a surprising line. Um, I know Texas A&M's offense hasn't been the best, but uh, they go to Mississippi State, and Mississippi State's favored minus three and a half. Um. I'm going to let you go first, Alec. What do you think about this game? I think the reason why um, <clears throat> the spread is where it is is because you got um, you got a yeah, – I'm trying to find the word. I guess I would say a trailblazer in college football for a head coach at Mississippi State, uh, a guy by the name of Mike Leach. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, like one, yeah, of, the one of the fathers – one of the fathers of the air raid offense. And, um, you know, I think that he's able to put points on the board consistently. Um, you know, he, he has, he's had some good teams in the past, uh, not so much in Mississippi state, but they've been able to win games uh, where I mean, maybe people were counting them out. I think that A&M really hasn't been able to score much. Uh, and that's going to be a big problem in this game. And, I'm inclined to um, pick Mississippi State 
So I'm going to go ahead and do that. Uh, okay. I feel like that's an upset pick personally. It know, is. It I is. I mean, think... obviously they're not ranked. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if they should be favored in this game, Mississippi State. But, uh, yeah, you're talking about two really established coaches in college football. And um, and I, I think that the offense is going to overpower um, – at the end of the day, and I think the home environment's going to help. So, uh, I like bulldogs here. All right. Um. Yeah. Um. I'm giving. I'm doing a And M, man. I just. I know Mike Leach is Mike Leach. Uh, he's he's definitely a character. That's for sure. I know this game's on the road for a And M, but um. I don't know, man. Like you said, Jimbo Fisher is one of the best when it comes to in-game adjustments. I think he's just going to figure it out. I think he wants to go into that Bama game with a real chance to to come back and uh, fight for a playoff. I don't think he's going to let Mississippi State get in his way. I do think it's going to be a close game, but uh, if I was a betting man, I'm actually taking A&M. So give me A&M. I'm curious to see if Max Johnson will play that whole game and they go back to their backup again. But, uh, yeah, give me – I just think A&M's defense is, is that much better in my opinion. So, yeah, give me an A&M. Um, let's get to our last game here, man. Um, look, I do think this game's gonna be a lot closer than people think. The spread is minus eleven. Uh, that's Michigan at Iowa. Um, Iowa sometimes just have has ten trends to be really good, man. On the, uh, at home, uh, they've had some really good programs over the years. Uh, Michigan's offense hasn't looked that great uh, the last couple of weeks. I know the they won week three by a lot, but. Uh, if that run game doesn't get going, man, they're in trouble. And Iowa has a really good defensive line, uh, good defense. This is at home. Um, I'm taking the under. I do not think they're going to win by 11, but uh, I do think this game is going to be very close. I will give it to Michigan. Uh, they're a top 14 for a reason, but do not sleep on Iowa at home. That could be a really close game. And quite frankly, uh, after last week's picks, I cannot go uh, crazy here. I'm going to go Michigan. But uh, Iowa, man, keep an eye on them. Yeah, I think that this is game is going to look a lot like last year's game, in my opinion. Um, Iowa, similar to last year, they have you know one of the best defenses in the country. They're known for having suffocating um, run defense and just great defensive back play. Um, they barely give up any points, but they also barely score any points. Yeah. And last year, it was a similar story with Michigan uh, going into this Michigan game. People were unsure if the Iowa, if Michigan was going to be able to handle their defense, and they blew them out. Um, I kind of see a similar story this uh, game. And I think that Michigan is real force to be reckoned with. Uh, they're going to be – in the top four with Ohio State, I believe, until the end of the season when they play each other. And then depending on that game, they may both end up in there. Um, so I actually think that Michigan will not only win this game, but I'm I would, I'm going to pick them to cover as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, man, you heard it here first. Is there any other games you want to talk about before we go? Um, Keep an eye on. I don't, I don't think so. I think we covered it. Um Oh, the last. Let's talk about this last game. Uh, Kansas State at Texas or Te Texas Tech at Kansas State. Kansas State's favored by eight, but uh, Texas Tech has been on a roll recently, man. Um, keep an eye on that one as well. But uh, give me Kansas State. But Texas Tech has been playing really well, man. Uh, would not be surprised if they won that game. I'd actually, I would take the under in that game as well. 
Yeah, I, I'm inclined to um, pick Kansas State as well, just based off the, how they played last week. And I really think that they are a solid team. Um, Texas Tech does look good. Um, but I just think that coming off of that big win last week, there's a lot of momentum. You, you know, There's a chance that you could always slip up. Um, but I, I think that Kansas State's going to keep rolling after that win. And um, probably come home with the win this week. And then yeah. I, I also had a, one other game is Kansas, who's now undefeated. They're one yeah, of the highest right. teams in college football. And they're at home again. Uh, they're playing against Iowa State, who's coming off of a tough loss last week. And I think that this is going to be um, – uh, It is a close game. The spread's minus three for Iowa State. Real true test for Kansas because right now you know, they won a big game last week against Duke. They had a sold-out crowd. Uh, and Kansas and Duke historically are, you know, the lowest of the low in college football. Um, I think both of them have solid teams this year, but Kansas, they haven't lost. They they won uh, convincingly. They have a really potent offense, but now they're finally going against a legitimate team in Iowa State. So um, I, I saw that Kansas crowd last week, man. They were going crazy. Uh, the fans were all turning up for them. And um, – you know, Iowa State was really sloppy last week. So this this is going to be a close one. Uh, but like I was telling you guys last week, I like pinhead Matt Campbell at uh, <laughs> State. I think, you know, he had a slip-up game, but that won't phase him. I think the team will bounce back, and uh, they're going to be able to squeeze out a big win uh, in what I believe to be a tough road environment. Um, yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Um, I'm going to take Iowa State. Uh, I just think Matt Campbell's a really good coach. I think Kansas is a nice story. I know it's at home. Um, but uh, from what you're saying, man, I don't think I should be surprised if Kansas wins this game. Um, I'm not going to lie. I don't watch many Kansas games, but uh, I might after this one. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, man, Alec, thanks for coming on again. That's our picks of the week, everything, the recap. And, uh, yeah, we'll be here next week of Trent and Alec again. But, uh, yeah. Awesome week of college football. Can't wait to watch it. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Thanks for having me on. Sure, man. All right, now I'm joined by Nathan Wasserman, who actually goes to the University of Miami Med School to talk about UM, uh, how they did against Metal Tennessee. Uh, and yeah, it was obviously a disappointing start and finish, just terrible all the way around. Uh, obviously, in case you guys lived under a rock, they lost 45 to 31. So, Nate, what was your uh, thoughts on this game, man? There's a lot to talk about, so let's just get it out of the way. Go ahead. You know, I, the, it sucks because the last four years or so have had the two worst losses, in my opinion, in UM history, or at least UM modern history. We've had to see both of them. Um, of course, I think FIU loss was worse than this loss, but this was really terrible. And, you know, I went to Vanderbilt for undergrad. We played Middle Tennessee State there. Um, if I remember correctly, we beat Middle Tennessee State at Vanderbilt. Um, this is no new program. They lost in week one to James Madison by, I believe, 44 to 7. Um, so this is this is a school that's losing by, you know, 37 points to James Madison. And they're coming into Miami. And honestly, this wasn't some weird game where crazy stuff happened. No, no, they, they more or less dominated us. We had a kick return for a touchdown, and we lost by four points and by the way if they didn't take a knee inside the 10 yard line at the end of the game it would have been 21 points 
they, they thoroughly dominated, dominated us the entire game. We could not stop them on defense. Our cornerbacks had absolutely no answer for the receivers. And honestly, if you look at the Southern Miss game, our cornerbacks had no answer for their receivers either. I don't know if it's a mentality thing. I don't know if it's a talent thing. I don't know if it's a coaching thing. Reality, it's probably an all of it thing. Um, and I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that the players, when they come to Hard Rock, as Charlie Renek was saying, they're not getting up for the game. There's no fans there. They just don't care. And the fans don't make them care because there's no one there. And no one wants to drive out to Miami Gardens. And it's an overall terrible situation. <laughs> I really don't know how we're going to get back in this. Um, yeah, well said, man. Um, that's just one of the problems there. Uh, let's start with uh, – there's so many places we could start. But let's start with the defense for the Canes. Uh, not once – but twice did the corner get cooked. Um, basically, we gave up two 90-yard touchdowns in, a, in in one game, which is unheard of, especially to Middle Tennessee. Look, quarterback played well. This team came out with fire, uh, Middle Tennessee, and, and and rightly so, man. They they played their ass off, and, and they deserved the win. Miami deserved to lose. But let's talk about the defensive side for a second. What was your take on that, man? You know, these guys are supposed to be NFL cornerbacks. They're going against a guy who's a 5'7 receiver. I believe he was 5'7", something like 155, 145 pounds. This guy is essentially my size, maybe a little bit smaller. Um, he had 23 receiving yards, I think they said, on the season before this game. And he proceeded to burn two NFL cornerbacks for uh, 200 yards. I, if I'm an NFL team and I'm watching this game, I'm staying so far away from this team. I'm not drafting a single player. I don't care what value in any round until I can see something different. This was atrocious. Real teams do not lose games to this type of team. I mean, I don't care what kind of talent level you think they have. I guarantee you every player on Miami is ranked higher than every player except for maybe one on Middle Tennessee State coming out of high school. It's embarrassing. It's hard to even analyze player by player. It's just – I don't even know if the program itself as, – as upset I'm sure they are, I don't think they realize how how terribly embarrassing this is. Yeah, Um like I said, look, Middle Tennessee played really hard, but there's no reason in hell that, especially at home, that the Canes should lose this type of game. I don't care what their home atmosphere is. Um, let's right. talk. Let's talk about the offensive side of the ball. Tyler Van Dyke probably played one of the worst games of his collegiate career. Uh, one touchdown, two picks, but that's not even the moral of the story here. The, the the big story is you just straight up missed guys left and right, overthrew a couple touchdown passes, even overthrew some passes uh, in the end zone. Um, I hate to say this, man, this, he went from the beginning of the season to a first round pick and this game may have dropped him a couple rounds in the, in the draft. That's how bad he played. Uh, I still think he's going to turn around later on in the season. This is a big wake up call, but you don't have time for wake up calls, especially for this type of program. So let's talk about Van Dyke for a second. What was your impression of him? You know, and the thing with Van Dyke, it's so frustrating is he has the arm and NFL teams like the raw talent. It's clear the raw talent is there and he put it all together last season. And then his regression in this, I don't know if it's the new offense. I don't know if it's the receivers. I think it's a lack of focus. I mean, the kind of passes he's missing to me just look like he's frustrated with the receivers. He's said that he's frustrated with the, with the fan support. He says these multiple times he likes playing from the behind he likes the loud crowds, he likes being kind of the enemy. Well, in the beginning of the game, it was clear his head was in another planet. He threw two straight interceptions on, I believe, three plays. Um, he just wasn't in the game. And then when he had to kind of push the pace a little bit, 
he showed he kind of wasn't up to that challenge. They put in Jake Garcia. He looked better than Van Dyke. It wasn't enough to win the game, mainly because the defense was horrendous, and then the rest of the offense didn't comply. And then he also got a little nervous on a couple of plays because they were so far down. But, I mean, I think if Jake Garcia is in the whole game, I think the Canes probably roll because I think the defense doesn't get as nervous. But Van Dyke was very much not focused, and he's going to have to change that if NFL teams are really going to want to invest in him. I know some team will take him later because of the arm talent, but if he wants to be a true NFL starter, there's no weeks off in the NFL because you play Jacksonville, as, as the Chargers just saw, they'll beat you by 30 points. I mean, every team in the NFL is good, and you can't take games off like he just did. Um it really shows. And once he had to kind of turn it back on, he couldn't. And that's that talent. He has that arm talent, but I don't know if he has the mentality yet. He has some kind of mentality when he's playing from like a big game standpoint. Although, of course, Texas and that wasn't the case, although I'd argue that wasn't his fault. But this game, he was kind of really let down and, and didn't didn't show what he needed to show. Yeah, um, well said. Uh let me ask you a question I thought I'd never ask, um, but I guess a lot of Canes fans, including myself, want to know. Uh, look, we play UNC this week uh, at home, uh, and then Virginia Tech and Duke are our next three games. Uh, let's say Tyler Van Dyke loses this game. We follow two and three in Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech. We always struggle with them. Let's say he loses that game. Uh, now you got to start thinking maybe that there's a chance Jake Garcia at some point can come in and just be the new starter. What do you think about that? I think if we lose this UNC game and if it's because of the offense, I tell you Jake Garcia will be the starter in the next week. Um, now, I don't think we're going to lose the UNC game because of the offense. Um, as, we, as we've seen throughout the season, UNC has a horrendous defense and they have an incredible offense. I think they're going to score in bunches against us. I don't think we win this game. I think UNC is going to come – like we're not going to be able to stop them. I've seen this defense enough to know that they're going to roll all over us. And – I don't think Van Dyke's going to put up quite enough points to keep up with him um, because he's going to miss those key passes. He'll make the great passes, but he doesn't have that consistency yet where he's going to kind of be able to maintain every single drive like he was going to score against us. And I think we lose this game, but I think his performance will put up enough points where he keeps the job. I think if he loses the next game and it's because of the offense, I think Garcia will be the quarterback, um, which is crazy because, you know, Van Dyke would probably still be an NFL prospect because they're going to think that they can get the consistency into him. Because he has the arm talent that, I mean, I have seen from no quarterback at UM still. He has – he can make any throw on the field, and sometimes he just – I mean, he has the size. He gets out of the situations. And and I've seen him run. I know he hasn't run recently, but I've seen his ability to run. I don't know if the staff doesn't want him to run. I don't know what it is. But he has all the tools to be an NFL quarterback. It just looks like the mindset isn't there right now, and the consistency is not there right now. Um, yeah. So I, th- I think – this game, UNC's defense is not good enough to maybe unseat him as a starter. But the next game, if if we don't win that one, I think Garcia will be in there. Um, yeah, man, well said. Um, kind of crazy, man. Who would ever have thought this would be the case uh, going into Week Four? Um, I thought you know two and three and one was a realistic start, but uh, clearly it wasn't. Um, look, let's talk about Crystal Ball for a second. Um, the knock on this guy is, look, really good coach, uh, very, very good recruiter, arguably one of the best recruiters in college football. Uh, the knock on him, though, is uh, game day. He's just not the kind of coach that he can go up against other coaches. Um, kind of saw it the last couple of weeks, but uh, what's your take on Cristobal so far here? Look, he's going to get all the time he wants. Uh, I'm not going to judge him off four games. Uh, he inherited not that great of a roster. I'll give him some time. His recruits don't come until next year. 
Uh, but uh, what's your take on the start? You know, it's going to be really hard to recruit when you lose to Middle Tennessee State. What What do you tell the, the kids coming in? Oh, I'm going to coach you to victory. I know I couldn't be Middle Tennessee State, but what? I mean, Manny Diaz's kiss of death is he lost to FIU. I mean, this is no different. We lost to Middle Tennessee State. You know, I, I believe I saw some stat. Miami is one and four in their last five games against the Conference USA, something like that. That, that That's ridiculous. Um, but aside from that, it's one and three or one and four or something like that. But regardless, uh, you know, I don't know how he's going to recruit. If he can still recruit despite this, maybe he's uh, selling the recruits uh, something. I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, we'll, we'll see. The jury's out on that. I, I'd give him two years after this. Um, He'd have a decent amount of talent in there. I mean, look, Manny wasn't recruiting great. It's not like he's recruiting nothing. I mean, the ACC, we still have top two, three talents. And with his classes, I'm sure we'll have number two under Clemson. Maybe FSU will be similar. Um, regardless, he has the players to win with. We need to see something. Um, I know this year is supposedly not his guys, but it's one thing to lose to AM and Clemson and two random ACC games this year and go eight and four. That wouldn't be what the hype was about, but everyone would understand that. News to Middle Tennessee, there's a whole different standard now because that's the type of game that shows, like, you didn't get your players ready, um, the whole staff. That's not just on the head coach. It's on the whole staff. And I'm really disappointed because they have so many key guys on the staff that are just huge names from Jason Taylor, Ed Reed. You got Gaddis, Steele, um, uh, Charlie Strong, and, of course, Cristobal. And, you know, for that, for those guys not to get this team ready for that just shows like almost an overconfidence maybe where they just totally overlooked this. Yeah. I don't know what they were looking past because it's not like we have FSU next week. Um, we have UNC. Um, and it's not like they, they really prepared well for the A&M game because we saw how we just couldn't do anything in the red zone. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what the staff is doing. I'm going to wait until the end of the season to really have a full opinion on it. Maybe they come back. Maybe they show that this was a turning point and they fired up the guys after this and they ended up going – 10 and two, maybe losing the ACC championship game, something like that. And then we'll be saying a different thing. We'll be like, look, I'm glad they were able to find this turning point and make change of season. Yeah. But if they collapse from here, we're looking at like two years max for Cristobal to really turn this thing around. Or I think he's gone. I mean, I don't know what kind of buyout he has. I don't know exactly what his contract deals are, but if this is what's going to happen, this can't happen here. And I think the next step at that point would be look at the dolphins. Look what they just did. They finally hired the kind of, quote-unquote genius mind and all of a sudden they're number one in the power rankings for the first time and i believe both of our lives so that's the difference that that type of coach can make i think i said before the Cristobal hire that i thought they needed to go in the direction of an nfl type hire some guy that's football first not the direction they went i i think this direction can work too and a lot of the college people that are excellent like urban meyer who can't do well in the nfl um are, are those are the best college coaches but yeah. for miami to succeed I thought that's what they needed. Um, we'll see if I hope I'm wrong. I hope Chris winds up being great. He had me kind of thinking about it for a couple of weeks. And now, you know, after this, it's really tough to see that. Um, the AM game the team did play well. They didn't kind of convert in key situations. This was not that at all. Let's see what happens. I hope they really turn the season around and we're saying a very different thing in six weeks from now. Yep. All right, so those are Nate's thoughts. Now Alec joins us. What's up, Alec? Um, yeah, what was your thoughts on the Middle Tennessee UM game? There's a lot to get over. I mean, Nate just gave his opinions, but let's hear what you got to say. 
Um, I don't have as many emotions about it. Um, you know, as a Florida State fan, it's a happy day and it's a sad day. It's, it's a sad day at the same time. Um, you know, you want Miami to be looking good for a matchup later down the road. And this is not a good showing for them. Um, I don't think it defines the team necessarily. It's just a bad start. <clears throat> and uh seems to be trending in the wrong direction. So I think there's a lot of concerns, uh, specifically with the offensive line. And then there seems to be a riff in the quarterback room. Not really sure um you know how they're gonna deal, how Van Dyke is gonna deal with getting benched. I mean, considering the sky was Super high for this guy. Yeah, I mean, being touted and, you know, Heisman considered and he gets benched, it's, it's crazy. Uh, you you would have never thought that, that would happen. And, you know, I, I guess it was a good decision because they, they made a little bit of a run, but they didn't end up winning the game. So that's just – that's tough. That's a tough pump to get over. Um, yeah. Um. That's well well said, man. Look, um, I think there's a real opp I think there's a real chance that Miami can lose this game at UNC. I know um Miami's at home, but UMC is really playing well as, as of late. Um I was as I was telling Nate earlier, Alec, do you think there's a real chance that uh Jake Garcia could start if if uh Tyler Van Dyke doesn't go out and perform well again and they get another loss? I mean, uh, this yeah. guy was a projected first round quarterback. I mean, his his ceiling is dropping a lot, man. I think there's definitely a chance as far as Garcia goes, everything I've seen from the guy has been good. So it's not like he's a questionable choice and, but it's just, you know, um, what, once you make that first move to bench him during a game, when you're losing, then anything's possible. You're basically telling them like, Hey, your job's up for grabs. So um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. And uh, you know, he's going to try to do, what he has to to get this team winning but yeah well, see. well said uh nathan any last thoughts before you go man on the canes yeah i mean you know we kind of saw this last year with oklahoma with spencer rattler he came into the season everyone thought he was gonna be you know top nfl pick next thing you know caleb williams starting quarterback and then of course now he's at usc um i don't think uh mario's gonna be moving teams like that and jake garcia will be moving teams like that but you know, it's another interesting thing. Last year, where one of the top quarterbacks coming into the year kind of got benched, and then the difference is, you know, Caleb Williams is a little bit better than had a better result than Jake Garcia. But still, you know, it's it's sometimes that's that's what's going to happen um, with with these uh, highly touted guys, and that's the nature of kind of a quarterback who started like I'm um, seven, eight games, and then we have such high expectations. These are young kids. Um, Sometimes only seen a couple of games. That's why we kind of have to exercise caution with that small of a sample size. And I know we fall in love with the with the raw talent and the skills, but it, we need more of a, a full picture before we really know where they're at. Um, so, anyways, I, I think that we've seen this before, and we'll continue to see it again in college football. Yeah, man, um, that's a good point on Spencer Rattler. Um, yeah, Nate, thanks for coming on, man. We'll talk more Canes later on in the season, and have a good one. Of course, sounds good. You too. All right, see you.